Well, hello everybody. Welcome to Sonic Talk, episode 777, which is kind of weird because it's the day after Halloween, which you would think would be 666. So I don't know if 777 has any kind of spiritual or or spooky significance, but somehow in my mind, there is some kind of weird connection, but even though it's only in my mind. Anyway, uh, this isn't a numerology podcast, as I'm often want of saying when I do the introduction. It's to do with music technology, and we talk about uh, the technology behind creating music, uh, performing music, uh, recording, uh, synth software, drum machines, all that kind of stuff, uh, the computing, the streaming, the there are many, many aspects to it, and that's what we like to talk about. I want to say thank you very much to everybody in the chat room. It's nice to see some familiar faces there. I see Matt Brown, see... Oh, Kissing Machine, the machine. I've seen that. We've got Jack, Jimmy Chonga. Um, also, I think uh, Nick Houses there. Uh, nice to see um, Wagyu as well. As we know, Wagyu is, uh, is is manning the controls of uh, the the moderator switch, as he does for many uh, like-minded podcasters. It's very much appreciated, and also is uh, doing a lot of stuff behind the scenes to uh, make sure all the chat intermingles in the way that it does with our show. Uh, I want to say thank you very much to um, everybody else who's involved as well. I'm, I'm just I'm just saying a big thank you. Uh, before I get onto the guests, also just want to let you know what's coming up. Uh, I've got the Norand Mono Mark II. I've nearly finished that. That's a very interesting synthesizer. A bit different to what uh, what you'd expect. Uh, don't forget also we've got the GeForce competition, um, which I, actually I think I've plagued that. You can win uh, three for three. So they're giving away three of their instruments to three people. So that's nine total. If you want to check that out, it's bit.ly slash sonic GeForce 23. Um, very much appreciate it. And I've also picked a winner for the UE competition, just waiting for them to get back to us. And so competition's a thing we're going to be doing. So anyway, do uh, do carry on. Uh, also, um, uh, we shot a rig, or Andy shot a rig rundown uh, with Alessandro Cortini and Maths at a Brighton gig recently. There's a, a 360 performance of Matt uh, up for the Patreon, but also that video will be going up in the next 24 hours or so. And uh, I think that's it for now. So um, yes, that's the coming up. Let's uh, let's have a, a, a welcome to our guests now. It's only blooming Jem Godfrey from Frost. Jem, of course, uh, keyboard player, songwriter, producer, media composer. I mean, I don't know what what what. How would you describe your job at the moment? You know, if you were to take a snapshot of the last month, what have you mostly been doing? It's like Jesse from the Fast Show, uh, winging it as usual. I think mainly that's been <laughs> what I'm doing. I got to say, your Patreon. I like your Patreon script. It's a bit like a sheep auction. You ever heard one of those 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 sheep auctions? Three dollars a month. Three dollars a month. You get a couple of Six dollars a month. Couple of Gas, gas in the car, gas in the car. <laughs> Excellent. Like you could do the next one. You, I'll, I'll I think it'd be car, great. Right. <laughs> uh, no, I'm, I'm, uh, what am I doing? I've been, uh, I've actually sort of been back in record producer mode. I've been working with a band called Losers, who um, uh, Tom Bellamy was in a band called the Cooper Temple Cause, and Eddie Temple Morris, who's a DJ at Virgin Radio. Uh, and basically they've had about, I've been doing stuff for them for about a decade and they're sort of giving up to do another album, which they haven't done for ages. So I've just been in a really, actually a really nice, happy place, just sort of mixing other people's music, which is always a really nice sort of thing to do because all the creative decisions are kind of taken and basically you get all the glory for making it sound nice if you do a good job. So no, I've been just been doing that really and enjoying it. And I've just moved house. And, uh, yeah, I think I kind of just same old, same old. Well, I think last time we saw you, you just, uh, just, just got hold of a, a Fairlight series. Two. Was it a series two or a series three? It's I can't three. remember. It's a series three actually. Yeah. Um, I've been talking to, um, 
Robbie Puricelli about it. He's been he's been helping me. He's been my fair like guru in the UK. But I've kind of I've I've split it up because because the mainframe is so enormous and so noisy. I've banished it in disgrace. It's about six meters away over there behind some baffles, and I've run a really long RS two three two cable to the monitor here. So I've got the green screen, but none of the kind of the ten fans going all the time. So. So it's actually been it's been quite it's like it's basically like having an iPad app now, which is kind of defeats the point yeah. of it. But you know, <laughs> are you so are there, is there a lot of call for orchestral stabs in this production that you're doing at the moment, or is it uh, you using it for other purposes as well? Sorry, That's I'm being a bit facetious there. <laughs> surprisingly few, surprisingly few calls for orchestral stabs. It's kind of the thing about it is it, it's 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 sort of one of those things that. Um, you have to kind of use it sparingly. It's, it's sort of like a Mellotron, really. You know, if you if you just pile loads of Mellotron into everything, it's a bit like, oh, okay. But there's still, the thing about it is there's so many sounds that people didn't kind of really use, and certainly on the Series 3, because this, this thing has got um, a, like an SD card with, with you know, everybody's libraries in it. So it's got, this, it's got the 2X libraries and stuff like that. So there's still some sounds that you sort of think, oh, if I play that down two octaves, you know, and you get interesting. It's it's a kind of it's like an interesting ideas jumping off point. I mean, I still don't really know how to work it, but um, it's, <laughs> it's it's sort of happy accidents. <laughs> there's a there's a guy locally, a guy called Roger Bolton, who was Mister Fairlight, uh, and he was based in in Bath, and he did he did sessions for everybody during the 80s and 90s i think he's just done a whole load of stuff and he's been he's been doing fairlight sessions again sort of bizarrely for bands in real world he lives quite near real world and so i think he's sort of back at it but i mean he did he did so much stuff and he's sort of posting as he's rediscovering it i, I follow him on facebook and he's posting all these kind of like pictures of sort of stuff and you think oh my god that as well and that and then and he goes oh yes i've just found the uh, he did the i think he did uh uh the the theme tune for police 999 or something like that as well and the, you know all of these kind of oh and it's just uh, you just think oh god yeah that's all so fair like anyway well i i wish you a, a lot of joy with it and also the other stuff that you do of course i mean it's and you've got Thank a you. modular there as well which is very uh yes very brave of you I've considering that you mostly little, must work to deadlines i've got a little um it's a kind of it's a sort of more of a digital one I've, it's these it's all samplers and and sort of drum machines ah. and 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 uh, effects units so it's kind of um again i sort of i built it because i wanted a sort of semi-autonomous semi-intelligent thing i could just set up a load of probability and it will basically just wander off and come up with stuff and then i write over it oh. on the piano so it's kind of like it's like a little sketch pad ideas happy accidents generator really um ah nice. yeah no it's brilliant it's brilliant brilliant fun. i really like it is that is that a yamaha is that a white yamaha cp70 or cp80 there Yes, the CB70. It probably you probably can't hear it because of the noise cancellation. I can. But um, this, yeah, it used to belong to um, uh, well, actually, what's his name? Because his name's still on the power supply. Hang on, it's James Wrighton, who I believe was in the Claxons. <clears throat> wow. Okay. Anyway, so yeah, so I got that from I got that from um, Soundgas. I'm not sure I'm allowed to advertise nice. this, but. Um, yeah, it's what white Tolex, which is kind of which is why I like nice. it. And it's I, it's my favorite favorite thing. I love it so much. 
It's funny, isn't it? You know, the, 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 uh, everybody says it's a classic, but you talk to any roadies and it'll be, uh, yes, thank God for that. <laughs> thank God for, yeah. for samplers yeah, and, and other stuff. Anyway, and lovely to have you, Jem. I can't, wait, I can't wait to hear more from you uh, as we get into our topics. I should probably introduce Gaz as well. Well, I know, not probably. I will introduce Gaz as well. Oh, Mr. Gaz Williams there, who's uh, in Bristol in his uh, hmm. studio, um, where he's got a lovely out of focus series of, uh, well, I don't know what's back there. <laughs> loads of stuff i know what's back there anyway how are you guys you well yeah very good thank you very much uh yeah nice to be here um what's new in my world um i've been what have i been up to well i i, I've, I haven't talked to you since the edinburgh my edinburgh gig a few weeks oh back. no i saw yeah that's great oh thanks i loved that that felt like i'd sort of moved into a new sort of I don't know, tier, if you will, of, um, you know, a, you know, leaving sort of beginner status behind, I felt, you know, uh, which is really fun. I guess one of, one of the things for me there is that being a, I guess, a seasoned musician, I think would be fair thing to call myself, but in terms of a modular solo performer or indeed a duo performer, because um, um, me and Steve Davis are working a lot together now um, as a duo and also setting up a record label, which I've mentioned before. Um, that you know doing that gig in edinburgh just felt uh, that was for um expert sleepers event called a uh, wave table so if you want to see mm, it on yes the wave that's right table, yeah uh, the wave table edinburgh uh, youtube channel um but just trying to find ways to be myself you know to kind of put my own bring something that i uh, you know that that's inherent in me into my modular or you know my electronic life performance and uh starting to you know to really really feel that now so that's that's excellent oh that's great i'm happy yeah Thanks. Uh, Gaz has, uh, um, Wagyu has posted it in the, uh, oh. in, uh, in the thing, the thing. Thanks, Wagyu. Like, can I do that? I think I can do this. Does that work? Let's see if that works. Yeah, there we go. I put it up there. I've got this new third that I'm just, so yeah, but it should be in the, so people should be able to, in the timestamps, be able to see all of that. Okay, well, uh, let's get on to some, let's get on to some topic. I mean, I guess the first topic we have to do, and we do this every, once once a year or every, there or thereabouts, is of course, uh, let me just press the button and uh, get the right, right thing going. Yes, haven't we got, um, yes, there it is, isn't there? The new Mac. New Macs, M3 chips. For the first MacBook Pro, ever. iMac, and MacBook Air, I think. Space black finish, which is essentially dark grey. So they call it spooky fast and all of that stuff, but M3 chips are... The most advanced we've created. It, it's all, you know, it's, it's all classic kind of... Uh, um, Apple marketing speak. As far as I can tell, um, I've got because I've got an I've got a MacBook uh, 13 inch here, which has more ports on it than the base level, you know, latest version that, that this new MacBook. And to get the same specification, just in terms of I/O and storage, I'd have to spend about two thousand four hundred quid. And I don't feel like this is compromised anyway. I'm not. I'm not sort of thinking I really do need more computing power. So it's quite an interesting thought. I mean, it seems like what what's being charged for now is just connectivity. Uh, the iMac was also there. That's been updated to the M3 chip. That that middle one is about fifteen ninety nine. That looks quite good. It's only twenty four inch, but it's got uh, um, 
I think it's got two Thunderbolts and three or two USB three ports. So that, that feels a little bit more connected, even though it's a self-contained unit. But I know there's, and I'm not trying to start a kind of what's worse, what's what's better. But, you know, as we know, these have been somewhat of a revolution in terms of sort of power for what's in. And I think for those of us who have, who did upgrade from the previous Intel-based Mac, you know, saw an enormous change in just just it just bloody works but i don't know what i don't not quite sure what this would be i don't know gem do you have are you working on a modern mac or have you got a big old studio cheese grate kind of thing still that you run all your stuff on no i bought i, th I bought um a mac studio i think in the spring which ah, okay. i think is running an m1 ultra chip let's have a look hang on it's uh yeah it's an m1 ultra um, I kind of, I don't know whether it's my age, but I just, this is all, it, I think you're right. It is about connectivity seems to be the, the kind of the main, the main point now, but it's, I mean, cause I think for audio, uh, I'm, I mean, I don't use great massive sample libraries if, you know, multi terabyte things. And, um, I've kind of, I, I've, I've a few years ago now, I sort of pro tools cause I work on pro tools. It, it, it it all it kind of got to a point when it never really freaked out anymore and it all just kind of worked and i'm using i went from hd systems to a native system and and that works fine and and you know it's all stable and i kind of i think i'm a little bit out of the race of of chips now and and the kind of the, the upgrading process because it's 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 i've it's, i've got i've got enough although interestingly when i went to the the M1 chip. I was thinking, oh, brilliant. Okay, so I'll run Pro Tools, and and still half the half the plugins don't work. So I've got to run it in Rosetta mode, and that's still that's still plenty fast. So I kind of, you know, um, I'm looking at that cartoon girl riding a wolf into into the <laughs> distance, and and sort of, yeah. <laughs> I don't really know. Good for her. Yeah. <laughs> yeah good for her. Exactly. Good for her. Not something I particularly need, but good for her. Yeah. If I did want, and I did want to animate that at such a degree that I could focus in on the uh, hair follicle on the wolf's head, then I could, I suppose, <laughs> if I wanted to. But we don't need to do. It's interesting, isn't it? It's sort of, it's sort of, everything sort of feels good enough, uh, uh, certainly for me. I mean, yeah. and I'm editing video on this thing. I mean, okay, I'm not using sort of 6K or 4K video, but for all my purposes, I just don't, I'm, I haven't really kind of hit the edges yet and i've still got half the space left on my hard drive so it feels like i mean i know um i don't know what do you think guys i mean i know you like to keep up to date but i mean you're kind of m1'd up so or m2 i don't know what you've got it doesn't you know just um, it feels like i've do got you an m1 else, really yeah i've got m1 studio um max which is great i haven't got a problem with it so yeah but you do it does feel like you're kind of having your nose rubbed in the dirt if you watch these presentations and they you know say it's 60 percent faster than your machine that you just bought you know i don't know 18 months ago or something um but i've also got a bit of a theory like when you watch these mac presentations only since the silicon era they cut they cut to this kind of basement room and there's this kind of i, I can only describe him as like this like like bond villain character johnny somebody <laughs> who just stares and he just goes through all the facts and he doesn't smile at all and stares at the camera so i think you know he, he clearly you know clearly employed a, a bond villain to develop the silicon max so um that's, that's my theory but um i think that you're right i mean you know i, I moved up from my trash can my trash can mac pro was great for music it you know and still would be uh it was only that i was starting to work at 4k video that 
meant that I moved up to the to the M1. Um, right. And I've recently made a short horror film um, on my Mac uh, that was all of 4K. And um, great, you know, not, not no problem at all. I'm not, I'm not, I'm not, uh, I'm not craving the new stuff at all. However, what was really interesting, I think, with this announcement, and I think should be kind of noted, is that the new iMacs that have now, um, are they M3, the new iMacs that they've just announced? Yes, yes, they are, uh, yeah. And they're like 1299 or something for... No connections you know. for the 1299 one, though. Literally nothing. I mean, no, no Ethernet... Uh, and I can't remember what the other thing was, but it's, yeah, there's just okay. very little connectivity, which I think well, you've is got the a issue. bunch of ports on there, though. You can probably just put a, a hub on there, but um, yeah, uh, it, it's just I, the, I mean, it's expensive, but it's not ridiculously expensive, and those machines would just be absolutely beautiful for most people, music for 10 years, probably, you know. Mm. Um, but I think in a way, they have kind of created a bit of an issue by making their machines a bit too good i mean it certainly affected the ipad market that people buy ipads and don't really need to upgrade them very often uh you know that the phone model doesn't translate to ipads and i think similarly with the, the macbook pros and certainly well let's say the silicon the m1 was a bit of a reset but you know if you if you bought in at the m1 stage those computers are going to have a, probably a 10-year run, I think, which... Um, uh, yeah, I mean, I've got a 2000 and what, I've got 2021. I'm, th what, two, nearly three years in, and mm -hmm. I, I, it doesn't... There's, you know, I'm not thinking, oh, you know, if only I am. I mean, I suppose it'd been... Yeah, that's it. Sorry, go, Jeff. Well, because there's another, there's another thing, because I was just on that point. It's... it's I kind of used to buy my Macs in three-year cycles, which sort of timed itself with the, the, when the Apple Care ran out. You know, and yeah. and because you always know that as soon as the Apple Care runs out, about two weeks later, it's going to go. Ugh. So it was kind of like so. And now, but now it's a rolling subscription, like a yearly thing. That that whole in my head, that whole cycle, the three year cycle, is completely gone now. Because as you say, you know, you can just if it falls over, you can get it fixed or you can get it sorted out. And it, I think as Gaz says, you know, ten years is, would be. I've got people who are still using Cheese Grater Max, and they it's all fine. So hmm. yeah, yeah. yeah. A music. Anyway, me, I mean, it's, well, yeah. There's only a few music apps that really push the cape. You know, that push the need for that kind of thing. And you know, music hasn't really changed that much. You know, not in the same way that you know, video making or, or you know ha has changed. So, yeah, great. I mean. Yeah, it's interesting. Anyway, I mean, I guess that also means, you know, because they're power efficient as well, it means that we're now not using as much power, we're not recycling as, as much, you know, not chucking them away, which has also got to be a good thing, right? So that, there's nothing wrong with any of that stuff. So, And if you are that way inclined, I mean, I think people who are probably, who haven't moved from Intel yet, they're the ones who are going to get the biggest payoff because whatever they yeah. get is going to be a massive, a massive improvement. Mm -hmm. uh, maybe not connectivity-wise, but uh, there are ways around all of that stuff. Okay, um, so, oh gosh, there's, there's so many things. There's so many things that we could get through. I think maybe what I'll do is I'll go to the... Um, let's go to, uh, to uh, this one. I think this one might be... Uh, I'm assuming this is going to work. Uh, yeah, why not? Partly because I really like the... Uh, the soundtrack of this. UBI Falcon. 
I mean, this is kind of as big a deal as, you know, the whole, almost like having a new reactor or a new contact, but more so. Falcon is just absolutely jam-packed with synthesis. I mean, it's not just, you know, a synth. I think Ben Jordan said, didn't he, in a recent video, it's the one plugin that could handle sort of everything. It's his Desert Island one. I know you do have to take some of what he says with a pinch of salt, it's, but it just... Physical modeling, FM, uh, additive, subtractive, sample processing, external audio processing, effects processing. I mean, there's just absolutely tons of it. A Falcon 3, UV, I know Rich Hilton really rates the, the UVI Falcon engine as well. Just sat now. I do like the, the, the music they do for these things. I don't know whether, I mean, you're, you're working in production a lot. Um, Gem, is this something you've come across or are you more contact based or, you know, what, is there something like this that you use or do you use this? Are you aware? Well, I, do you know what? It's a funny, I, I've got to say, I've, I've got to admit, um, by the way, I didn't mean Cheese Greta Max, I meant the old towers because <clears throat> obviously the Cheese yes. Greta Max is the new Max. Um, uh, I, I, I kind of, I, I think I've got a, an early version of it somewhere because um, I'm in the UVI stuff. I do use that for, it's got those, those brilliant sort of... Um, vintage drum machine libraries and all those sorts of things, which I do use. But I've got to say, my, 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 my confession is that I actually, I kind of, when I, I sort of saw the list and thought, actually, do you know, I don't know anything about this synth. So I've had a look at it and I've got to say, it, it looks, I'm going to, I think I'm definitely, I might, I might, if there's a demo, I'm going to definitely download it and have a look at it because it's the sort of thing that if you were going to go on a writing trip, for example, and just take a laptop, you know, you, I'm just thinking that you don't, all you need would be that it looks like you know, for, as an ideas generator. I mean, I wouldn't necessarily sort of take it into the studio studio and it'd be my sole sort of, you know, act. But I, yeah. in terms of, because um, I used to use Nexus quite a lot, which I know everyone goes, whoa, whenever you say that word. But um, it looks like it could be sort of one of those sorts of do-it-all synths that could, that could, you know, that could provide lots of sort of ideas. So I'm, I'm intrigued. Yeah, I'm intrigued, definitely. It's interesting you mentioned Nexus because I know uh, Yoad actually uh, makes libraries for Nexus, but he's real audiophile when it comes to his sample stuff, and he said they, they, it sounds really good. I mean, I know it's quite a premium thing, isn't it, the, the Nexus? But uh, I think Falcon Three is uh, one nine nine at the moment, regularly uh, until November the fifth. So you've got a few days. It's normally three four nine, but also new Falcon licenses include a hundred dollar slash hundred euro voucher towards any sandware purchase which is then would be well, an expansion you know expansion pack. This it's big, just it's I just endless I, <laughs> I couldn't work out i was trying to look at the website last night i was trying to work out um because it's like nexus where you buy these add-on packs and stuff i couldn't actually i maybe because i'm you know i couldn't see it but i, I didn't i couldn't see what the price was of these add-on libraries and it's always that sort of slight um, they're about 40 euros i think well they, yeah okay Falcon expansions it's like whenever you yeah, get an app, says, get... In app in app purchases, yeah. and you think, oh, here we go, like ninety quid, <laughs> But that, I mean, that, it, I, had a, I had a quick look around some of the libraries, and um, uh, it, it, I think it's, it's. I'll have to have a play with it because it, it sort of did seem like some of the some of the SoundCloud demos were a little bit less awesome than that particular soundtrack on the promo. So I'm sort of, I think I just have to have a play with it and 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 have a go because it's always that if, if there's like 20 titles in the library you sort of think oh you know where do i start and how do i look at it and stuff but i think if you get a voucher for a couple then then it might be worth having a play no it look great it looks really good i mean the granular stuff and the sampling and the you know all that and the physical modeling <clears throat> it's sort of if you do have a one-stop shop plug-in if you if you're you know writing and i sometimes go out and do writing trips 
it's just it's CPU efficient and you don't have to worry about having different plugins or your authorizations or whatever. So it's it, for me that would be a really good writing synth, I think. Yeah. No, I, I think you're probably right. I uh, just want to say thanks to Di Stanton, another tenor for Dem, Di, Nick's Stream Deck. I know you're very keen for I do actually have a Stream Deck, but we don't, I don't use it because there aren't actually enough buttons on it. So that's one of the reasons it's not. And it's 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 purely incompetence. It's not the equipment that's the problem. It's the operator. I'd just like to point that out. Anyway, uh, Gaz, um, yeah. I know, I mean, you and I, famously, we looked at uh, Spectrosonics, didn't we? Um, uh, Omnisphere. And it was we were both sat there and we just went, oh, my Oh my god it's just too it's so it's too much so i'm yeah. not sure whether this is the sort of thing that you would uh necessarily gravitate ah. towards but it does seem if if one was i mean if one was starting out and needed a sort of do it all thing it, you'd be, yeah. be hard pressed to find something that did as much as this i would think yeah i mean it, i think does represent amazing value for money i mean certainly at that at that introductory price and i think if you are a falcon owner you get an, the upgrade from version two to version three for free hmm. i think which, it uh, may be yeah I, I haven't got that bit amazing yeah, that's reasonable generous um but also you know it's it's quite funny because since i've plunged headfirst into the kind of modular world you know <laughs> and i'm thinking god 200 quid it sort of gets me like a like an lfo <laughs> or something you know um in modular and then like this like you just look at all of the new stuff that it comes with which i have to say it comes with a harmonic resonator which that has been one of my favorite types of devices in recent in recent mm, times that's like the ink the wing we the wing isn't it the, uh, yeah yeah that's what i've been using I, but i've also got a module uh, an older one a 4ms one that's called the uh, uh, multi band uh, resonator i can't remember quite the, the title but um where you can you know essentially play with different tuned resonances putting drums through that sort of thing it, mm. it, uh, it's just outstanding what you know and it's quite a simple effect but uh yeah so i noticed that uh the falcon 3 games one of those and also just oh, tons nice. and tons and tons of synthy kind of you know like new oscillators there's a new uh, ladder filter all sorts of stuff and and I, yeah and um it's like a, a bounty of riches isn't it you know and yeah and coming back to the point <laughs> you're saying with omnisphere it's just uh whew, I don't know. Yeah, I do get a little bit overwhelmed. Um, and I, I haven't really, like I've mentioned many times, I haven't really used software for any creative mm. purposes for quite a while now. And I've It's all got, about control, isn't it, for this sort of thing? And this is, this, you know, we, we always come back to the sort of like, how do I yeah. control it in, an, in, in a musical and intelligent way that doesn't take me eight years to set up and map my <laughs> controllers? And I suppose, actually, yeah. I, di I didn't put this in, but then Korg have just released yeah, those two stage, uh, the stage keys, which actually have query, uh, the, qu the query yeah. thing. I think Luke like popped up. I, yeah, I think they're sending me one. I haven't looked at oh, them so, nice. that, so that we can map things much more, more straightforordly. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, I would say. Um, I was going to mention that. Bought. I was going to mention that very thing. That very thing. That you know. So if you had a laptop, one of those Korg, um, one of those Korg, because uh, they work as an audio interface, uh, only output Out. only. Yeah, just like an pricey though. They seem quite expensive. Uh, polyphonic aftertouch on it. Well, more than that. I mean, it's full. You know, it's a full MPE. Um, well, is it MPE? Well, no, it means polyphonic no. aftertouch. MIDI two. Built-in audio interface, lots of little screens for all the controllers. So, I mean, that coupled with Falcon and, you know, pow, you know, it's, it's enormous. However, I just, I don't know, for me, I've just, that now is just not 
where I'm I'm particularly interested in or I'm or mm. I, I hadn't really so but uh but I mean certainly just to reiterate that point about Falcon though and at that hundred and ninety nine pound point yes you know, bargain, really, isn't it? Yeah, Creative. it's a bargain. Anyway, yes, I wanted to put that in there because it's, you know, I think it's kind of, it's a key thing. Right, oh gosh, we're, we're flying through things. I think maybe what we'll get onto is, um, <laughs> let's have a look at the... Uh, Oh yeah, yeah. Let's have a quick look at this because this is this is sort of not necessarily something that uh, will take all that long. But uh, I want, and it gives me an excuse to play this bit, which is obviously the third wave. This isn't the desktop. Um, this is the, uh, the the keyboard version, which I reviewed, and I must admit I was very impressed with. For a first synth of this magnitude, it is an astonishing achievement, and it's the sort oh, of thing I'm that I'd imagine. Some, but it's now available in a uh, desktop version. I think the desktop version, I mean, it was is, is about three four nine five, so it's about fifteen hundred quid le uh, do uh, dollars less than the original. I mean, it's a chunk of change. It's a premium instrument. It, it surprise. It, it wouldn't surprise me if you were maybe hankering after one of these or a tried one out because they are. It sounds fab. I have to say, Gem. I mean, it, and the, the the sound quality. What what you when you hear it in a room, it's like goodness me, you know, it's like this. It, you know, when you're getting that extra octave below and the silky top end, it's, it does sound really quite good. Actually, I have to be honest. Yeah, I've got one. Oh, you can't see it. It's behind. Ah. It's behind the modular. <clears throat> I've got. A, I've got the keyboard version, and it is unbelievable. It's it's what I love about it is um, obviously because because they have that you know Bob Coover who sort of developed it and, and did all the okay he was a, he's a i think ex sequential employee now but yeah or did yeah. a lot of did a lot of the dsp on it um and and, and i really i i kind of I, I bought it directly from them because this was before they had uk retailers and they were so brilliant about sending it over you know all the way over here and just playing with it it's um it's 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 a tour de force i mean as you say it is a chunk of change but but it's got all that character all that ppg fabulous kind of cold lovely goodness of the 80s but then it's also capable of so much more you know it's being able to record your own you know it just even be able to speak into it and it turns that stuff into into you know into wavetables and 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 they keep updating the os they, you know every sort of few months they'll send something down and say all right we fixed this we've added that and if you say to them you know what have you thought about that and they go that's a good point and you know it's a really good they're a really open-minded company and, and i think they deserve every bit of success but <laughs> I do wish I'd known about the desktop because it's just the form factor is just brilliant, isn't it? Looking at it, it was one of those ones where I looked at it and went, "Oh, <laughs> I can't, have, I can't buy another one." So it, for me, it would be perfect because because I've kind of got I've, I've, it, the sort of the way the studio is set up is it's all a little bit of a of a of a sort of closed within everything within reach. And if I had a desk, that that version would be just brilliant over there. But and as the reason the third wave is currently sat. Um, oh no. yeah. sat, sat at the back is because I haven't got space, so I have to I have to sort of swap synths out. But it's it's you know it's it's a it's one of those it's it's kind of one of those synths that has a sound you know you, you've not really heard before, and it's one of those things that you sort of think mm. you know it's I think it's a classic. I really do. I think it's a future classic. Uh, yeah, no, I, I would I would agree. I mean, I think the one thing I would say, and this was a, is when you boot up that because they were obviously going really hard for the ppg nostalgia and i to yeah. be honest i think so they front loaded the ppg presets and i think they are the weakest 
part of what the synth does. So, you know, you're playing them and you go, oh yeah, I suppose that sounds a bit 80s. And you go, well, if I was a kind of propaganda nut, I might be kind of getting really excited about it. But to be honest, it, compared to all the other stuff it does, it's the most, it's sort of almost, it's a bit like, well, yeah, whatever. Just bin those and get, you want to start at the other end of the preset range if you're going to be flipping okay. presets on that thing because that's when it gets really interesting. Mm -hmm. I, I mean, I just, I, I was very, and I think the only thing for me with it, it was, and it may be updated, is the the multi-timbral handling and the switching of layers and stuff is a, it was a bit clunky and not very intuitive. And I think they, if I, if they finesse that a bit, then perhaps that's that's a, that's going to be a big improvement. One, I don't know if you found. Yeah, that. the one thing I found on mine is is trying to select because you've got those four buttons to select the different parts, and sometimes it's, you have to kind of really press one down, and then and then one sort of stops flashing. You never quite know what you've selected sort of straight away yeah. it's almost got a cut it's a little bit it's it is a little bit some some bits sort of feel a little bit like they're a bit slow on the uptake but uh, i think the effects in it but i mean that tape the tape emulation the tape delay it's the bucket brigade it's just it's just got a really lovely warm kind of for a digital synth which is unashamedly is a digital synth you know it's kind of apart from the analog filters but it's it's still got that kind of um uh it's it's, it's a, it, as you say i mean it's it's the first few presets are a little bit like, oh, because I think they deliberately had to keep it sort of PPG, but then all the effects come in and the filtering and the sequencing and the multi thing, you know, and then, and then you suddenly realize that it's, it's, it's vast synth. And there's, there's so much sort of potential, even if, even having one sound with no effects, just with the wavetable moving. And, you know, it is, it, each mm. preset is, is, is huge. It's brilliant. Brilliant synth. Yeah. Interesting. I mean, guys, I think, I, I mean, I think it's a bit of a future classic. I mean, obviously, it's great that these things exist. I mean, then not yeah. you know, n not many people can afford them. I certainly can't. But it's nice to have spent a little bit of time with one. But I, right. so I think you know, it's it's just yeah. I, I don't know what I was going to say, but uh, that's it. <laughs> I haven't actually had hands on on one, so it's it's. Uh, but the the thing that it that I can relate to in the most is the most recent one uh, that is I've got the the vector synth here. Um, mm. And when you were mentioning that about the presets, I definitely found that the presets at the end of the library, I think the newer presets are um, were more interesting. Uh, so maybe as a future thing, anytime you're auditioning something, start at the back just um But um, I mentioned that about the vector synth because I think that could be a future classic as well. I know it's, it's definitely a bit of a Marmite synth. Sorry to go off on another synth, mm. but... Um, um, but having that, you know, different approach to synthesis is, uh, it, it, well, sorry, I, I, I'm not sure how to make this relevant other than uh, I found that that one, uh, I started using it with that Keith McMillan Q, um, Q Nexus. Yeah, it works uh, with Polly, doesn't it, nicely. Uh, and yeah, and sort of the MPE mode that's now in this. And then that just seemed to be like, okay, when you've got these fantastic moving sounds, having the control under your fingers where you can really feel that control and expressivity, um, you know, it, I, I think it makes that make sense for me. So I suppose my question then would be, um, is does it come with in in the the keyboard one does that have a poly aftertouch or you know is it mp is it mpe capable i mean yeah. you know you mentioned about the ppg but it, can you sort of use it in very much in the modern idiom 
The engine, yeah, the engine um, is MPE capable, but the, the keyboard is just standard uh, mono after touch. Right. Yeah. So I mean, like right. for me, that it's a nice like, keyboard actually, but uh, yeah, that poly, yeah, that not- poly after touch, and with the Q Nexus, you know, you can do the up and down on the keys, which I guess is part of their MPE sort of side of it, though. Brought it to life, made it really often does. Often, I mean, I, th- I, I think that, yeah, I, anyway, I, I mean, it's a lovely instrument, and if anyone gets the opportunity to play with one, it's very hard to sort of not to be impressed with it when you're in a room with it. It's one of those things that comes quite often, also, when you're in a room with a synth and then you record that synth, sometimes it's it can be quite different, uh, in terms of the experience you have, but I think that it translates quite well into the recorded, uh, into the recorded um, medium as well. Sorry, mm. I was just uh, looking for uh, Robert Fat Dust Hatch. Thanks very much. Nice to see you, mate. Uh, ill at work. Oh, I'm sorry to ill at work. Hmm. I'm not sure I have that, those two things should be going together. You, maybe I'm at work. <laughs> but thank you very much. And okay, um, okay. Um, I'm going to get about this. This one of these topics is kind of. I suspect one of the reasons that we managed to uh, uh, persuade Jem to come out of the woodwork and not be because he had me on the show for almost a year, so or perhaps even longer than a year. So uh, I, I'm going to get on to that one. I'm just going to try and find that. Let me just grab it quickly. And it, it, it came from there was a discussion. Uh, if I just well, I'll just press the button. What happens if I do that? I think. That if I do this, it'll just, yeah. It was just literally in Reddit occasionally when I'm sort of maybe running a bit low on uh, topics, I just scan the, the Reddit ones. And this one is uh, 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 We Are The Music Makers. And it was just, how does Coldplay achieve, achieve such a good sound live? Which in itself, you know, it's a fairly, uh, um, you know, through variety of use of a lot of technology and all, all other sorts of things. Now, what I'm going to do now is play, there's a video, uh, because I know that... Um, Frost, which is the band that Jem's in, has uh, just finished a live album, or has certainly been involved in the work of live albums. So I'm going to play that video, and uh, so just as an illustrative point. So this is from the uh, Blu-ray Heartstrings DVD. It's a trailer. I, I'm sure we'll get busted for it. Yeah. There's Jem himself. And off they go. And I mean, you know, I don't know. I, I, I guess that that is a, the, the nature of a live album. Live albums, as we know, they're kind of legendary. I think I don't know if it's still true, but wasn't the Peter Frampton live the biggest selling live album ever, or, or at least up yeah. to that point? And as we know, there are various bands that have sort of classic live albums, uh, and Frank Zappa very famously is lots of those. And and I suppose the question is, you know, certainly playing live, uh, there are. There are a lot of factors involved. Somebody like Coldplay will probably have some playback. They'll be using probably digital consoles. They'll be using live plugins across those so they can get fairly close to the record. I suspect quite a lot of what they do is live. They seem to be those kinds. Of, I, I, I'm not trying to get into the kind of is playback and, uh, 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 an issue because I know, Gaz, you feel very strongly about that. But I'm just curious as to how much leeway you get, say, say with a live album, how live does it... Is it likely to be? I suppose I was going to come to you first, uh, Jem, because presumably, I don't know if you were uh, behind the scenes involved in the recording, mixing, production of your live release, or whether somebody else does it, but you would say you would... I I want to hear the dirty secrets, I suppose. (laughs) How much is live? What's the basis of a track? Um, well, it's actually in that particular one. It, it's because um, last first, last time I was here, we actually we were prepping to do that tour. It was last August before last, and um, we did it in in November a year ago. And and actually, what that it 
uh, my 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 whole point was, you know, it's it's exactly this point of how live is live, and I wanted it to be really live. So what we what we did was, um, we had a brilliant sound engineer called Johnny Haskett who does um, divine comedy and streets and all kinds of people, and basically the the only concession we had was was uh, the idea was I was going to record, we were going to video the bath show that was going to be filmed, and we did five shows in total for this little tour, and. Um, the sort of point of it was, you know, as, as little overdubbing as possible. So the best way to right. do that in our instance was, was to basically, it, we did the concession was we had to run the whole set to a click. That was the, that was the one thing we had to do because basically what we did then is, is I took, we filmed, we took the spine, the spine of the visuals was, was Craig, our drummer's uh, drum performance at Bath. So basically that isn't really touched. He's thankfully, he's a really brilliant musician. So basically that's, that's pretty much what he played. And then what we would do is I recorded all the other shows. And so basically uh, I got back, to, got back to the studio and just had five shows <clears throat> in Pro Tools. And so as long as what Craig was doing was kind of, um, you know, it was, was what was what he did. And he, you know, say so he played brilliantly. Um, and uh, so then basically what I would do is, and we're all running to a click. So if there was a, if there was a section where maybe I wasn't at my absolute shiny best, I could maybe take a bit from Edinburgh, <laughs> you know, and put that in there. And, and, ah. and, and it was, it was basically sort of like a little bit of the majority of it was that show. But if there were bits where, you know, it was, it was, there was some howlers or like there was a bit where John forgot a lyric and, and we also had a rough edit, a rough visual edit. So I could have the, I could have the, the, I could see what was going on. So if there was a bit where I couldn't, we couldn't fix, for example, John, um, forgetting, getting a, you know, getting a bit of a lyric wrong. Sorry, John. So what I could say to the editor, Rob, is I could say, can you just look at Craig for two seconds? And then I would get a little bit right. from a different show where, you know, so it's a little bit of, but then people have done that forever. You know, it's always, you know, you do that with, with, with gigs and stuff. And, and I think that what what was important was the drum sound was brilliant because uh, Johnny Haskett basically set the kit up so brilliantly that I didn't use any drum replacing at all. I just used a bunch of SSL plugins and it just it, and with all the uh, the um, B series you know channels to put each one and it just sort of came to life. So so what was what was great about it was it, it was actually was us performing and there were I think but it, but but there was it was a little bit of a collage. But the drum performance from Bath was was exactly the same because you knew that visually, you'd see Craig and it would always be that performance because there's nothing worse than seeing, you know, you, you've got a visual and then you can clearly see the, or hear the drummer's not doing it and then the illusion or the, the confidence is lost, isn't it? So yeah, it was, sort of, it was a, yeah. It was a sort of collage. I did not know. Well, first of all, I really apologise. Why the hell wasn't I at the Bath gig? Why didn't I even kind of clock it was on and 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 get you for a guest list at least or come and film something with you I, 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 well, deepest yeah. apologies i feel very remiss where did you play was it forum or pavilion uh comedia comedia ah, okay yes yes it is yeah yeah that's right okay but also i didn't really I, I hadn't thought about that the fact that you would replace takes from other that makes kind of quite a lot of sense and in in a way it it it, it it's I don't see that as a problem with cheating because ultimately, you know, most vocals or many vocals or many guitar solos or whatever are comped, aren't they, from a series of takes yeah. to take I, I, th I mean, oh. I'm oh, sorry. I was gonna say, in terms of the ethics of, of of it being a performance, I think that's all right because because we did actually play it. We might just might not have played it that night. <laughs> so so that's right. the kind of that's the only caveat. But it was it was still and there were there was a couple of bits where you know I mean I was like my voice broke in one bit and I, I you know and that then. 
I, you know, I will have to resort to doing a little bit of, of overdubbing. So what I did is I had the same mic I used live, stuck it to the same compressor, and then I used um, the vocal that I that I'd fluffed up as the template, which I used Vocaline with the plugin. So basically, it just it mapped it to exactly the same, you know, small time stretch segment. So it, you know, it worked visually. But there was just a couple of those bits because you can't. I think these days you can't. The you know the people who buy buy stuff they they expect a certain level of 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 quality you know and if you go on stage and you're going uh, 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 and you put it out i think people would kind of go you know it's not brilliant so i it, it, i would say 98 percent 99 percent of that's of interesting the, the dvd was was us was us playing which was you know well, we did rehearse finally which was always a bonus <laughs> that's really interesting you say just sorry guys i'm sure you've got a lot to say about this as well and i'll come to you in a second but just reminds me there was a short story i think it might be Roald dull of uh, a, a sort of psychopath murderer or maybe it was another one where where um this guy basically travels the world to uh to dispatch people who ruined classic recordings so somebody who maybe dropped something during the, uh, the, the Deutsche Grammophon recording of uh, Bach's Brandenburg Concerto, they find out who they were, what seat they were in, and they do away with them. So they will never ruin another recording again. And so I suppose, I, I suppose what I'm saying is there's a, there is a, a, a sense of responsibility to the punter to try and give them the best possible experience, uh, uh, Gaz. I, I know you feel quite strongly about the certainly playback in a live situation, but in terms of making, have you ever had to, build or make or you know deal with live recordings and turn them into oh, sort yeah. of finished recorded products oh, yeah. yeah and i mean you know if there's a lot of acoustic instruments or you know a lot of mics on stage you know getting ghosts of previous performance you know of the wrong things um it, it, it can be technically very very difficult i mean i think you know in the case of coldplay they they oh you know they're going to be a mixture of playback and uh, but uh, and live but almost all are going to be are going to be on click as well like jem said and therefore yeah. that makes the you know the editing process a lot easier i'm really 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 i don't know i'm really mm, i'm a bit confused about my 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 uh, my state on this in a way it's like if the live recording is meant to be a live recording you know of that particular concert like a documentary kind of approach to it that it's meant to be this is what happened uh, live at Fillmore uh, east for instance yeah yeah i oh, i'm really oh, i'm if i knew that it had been tampered with and i do know with some live albums that i've been really fond of then to, to discover that they've been tampered with is a little bit disappointing just i mean that that's kind of to my muso sort of senses rather than the you know end user enjoyment sort of side of things um i mean like in in jazz or, or classical you know the idea of you know tampering with a, a live performance uh would be very frowned upon you know um mm -hmm. uh Jazz, especially. Well, yeah, you know. I, yes, but you say that. But then the thing is, is back in the back in the day, a lot yeah. of stuff was cobbled together. Not cobbled together, but the, the the genius was not only getting the recording, but the the edit of the two tracks. So they would take the B section of such and such and then solo from another one, and they yeah. would do that. And that well, was I mean, a totally when, that that was legitimate. When uh, in a silent way came out, Miles Davis, nineteen sixty nine, and there was like. I mean, okay, that was a studio-based recording, um, uh, but there were there were um, edits, tape edits, and that 
uh, and you know going between different takes and different things like that and uh and it was quite controversial because of that and i think maybe that changed things going forward okay um, interesting but uh i think it's it's a tricky one really i i i've got like a just a, a deep passion for when a band is playing at, outside of themselves that that gig was just a transcendental experience mm, you know? yeah and, and they I, happened to record know, it as well i happened to record it however you know uh i've played gigs which i've thought have been transcendental and then listened to the recording <laughs> and it's been anything but <laughs> so you know that's why i'm conflicted about this that's interesting um, yeah yeah so <laughs> but i do understand it and i think ultimately you want to make something that's really enjoyable so if you can i think I think Jem's approach is probably the most sort of uh, honourable way to do it. Um, you know, if oh, you are thank you. indeed going to uh, make a really nice, you know, production. Um, but I mean, you know, live, the amount of variables, If you know, I've done loads of live recordings and, you know, it is really, really difficult to get it right. So to be able to, I mean, you know, lots of live concerts are often, you know, lots of live albums are, are culled from different, um different performances that is fairly standard anyway yeah so you'd you'd, re you'd record the whole tour and just go well that song from you know tuesday yeah. night was better than the one so yeah yeah that makes yeah. sense and um you know and then a lots of albums have been overdubbed as we mentioned you know going way back into some into the 70s is probably when that that kind of approach started but as i say it is actually really difficult i've had to do certain things and um you know phase issues all sorts of things which are which are you know really difficult <laughs> to to get around uh always a, a ah you know yeah um you know we got I lady attitude said uh, charles ming charles mingus even went and overdubbed his bass part because he felt it didn't come through enough on the original recording there we go that's yeah uh, yeah i mean i think that was a lot of the you know when you look at sort of like 70s footage and you're going where are the monitors <laughs> or they've got like <laughs> you know so uh, how they managed to get those recordings is kind of beyond me my favorite live album of all time is gentle giants playing the fool um oh, yeah. which is just an astonishing piece of work now i'd imagine there has been a little bit of tinkering on that although i don't know what the official line is um but again you know what's that from about 1970 i think it came out in 76 i think it's from a tour in from con from a bunch of different concerts in the mid 70s and there's so much instrument swapping going on but you don't hear any kind of clatter and buzz and I, how they did it it's, it's an incredible but um, silent switches <laughs> yeah uh, but i don't know i mean possibly then things like uh when you when you've a much more controlled environment like the tiny desk concerts or like maybe back in the seventies and uh, the old gray whistle test, or, you know, there you can get a really sort of true representation of a live performance. I don't think any of those things, uh, have been, mm. um, you know, adjusted. yeah, the TV stuff but, works really well. Yeah. Because it's such a controlled, controlled you know, yeah. environment, but gigs, are, you know, they, they're just not, you know, so I guess, you know, this is where the technology does come in in help you know in helpful and you know and as as jem said you don't want to be putting out something that 
makes people hate you or, or makes people realize how, <laughs> how rubbish you actually are. Yeah, sure. Have you heard yeah, our we're music? All, we're, all inse- <laughs> we're, all, we're all insecure enough as it is. We don't need to reinforce the, 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 the actual truth. I think my favorite is uh, there's a really good recording of uh, Frank Zappa band, George Duke era of mm. uh, Inca Roads. Yeah. Uh, oh, and it's, it's part, I think it's part of the Thousand Motels um, sort of suite. And it's got Ruth Underwood playing and George Duke at, and it's got all the animation of the guitar. So, and it is, it's, mm. and Frank Zappa recorded, famously recorded most of the, his, his uh, stuff, or certainly a lot of it. And there are some live albums there. And, but I think there's well, a sort of the differences. Yeah. The, the band were probably about the best musicians on the planet in that mm-hmm. genre at the time. So that's quite helpful, I suppose. He would, use, so. he would use the live recordings as the basis for the studio albums a lot of the time as well. So, if mm. you take the album mm. One Size Fits All, which is, quite possibly the best supper album there is and it is that that george duke era uh, it, and has the uh, has the track inca roads uh was a lot of, there were a lot of tracks that were recorded for a tv special but in the rainbow not in the rainbow sorry um fillmore was it fillmore no i said the rainbow bar and grill no next door to roxy um uh, roxy, roxy yeah yeah, yeah. Uh, uh, roxy I, and elsewhere yeah i think yeah roxy same kind of era um but yeah uh but i mean he he used to use uh yeah he would record every single gig but i mean i think the with roxy and elsewhere the the live album there was a thing where that when that was recorded and it was filmed at the same time but it was recorded at a wrong at an incompatible speed to the video so uh, it was only a few years ago that that actually that concert ever saw the light of the light of day with the audio and visuals properly oh, matched it yeah because ah. it's taken until really you know recent technology for that kind of synchronization m1 max <laughs> <laughs> it, was done, it was all done on a mac mini yeah <laughs> Uh, uh, well, you know, you know that thing about like technology and like sort of how the technology, you know, the processing power is incredible. I saw something on YouTube yesterday, which was um, uh, this, uh, I, oh, I can't remember the name of the guy. He was involved in that Mythbusters thing. He took uh, the $130 um, um, Thunderbolt cable and compared it to like a $5 kind of USB-C cable and going, why on earth is this cable, you know, Oh yes, I heard, I heard about that. Yeah, and then they did a, a bunch of kind of like uh, I don't know what cat scan, didn't they? Yeah, cat scans, and then they and they said that the that the processing power in the cable was more than the Apollo moon mission that they had for the guidance <laughs> system for that in the cable. <laughs> wow, wow, yeah. That's but when you see how much technology is in that cable, it's like okay maybe that's why it's so expensive but yeah yeah i think i i heard a report on i heard a report on that piece where they said not only that it's like the kind of the earthing the cable tensioning all of this stuff is like really really high end you know i mean it's hard to you know you look at two cables you think but as we know they're 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 not all equal cables and uh quite often you can uh, get into all sorts of trouble with it adam Adam savage uh um i think is the name thanks tatties right (laughs) Oh, okay. Brilliant. Thanks video. very much. Yeah, nice. Oh, that's a can of worms, I, right I, there, Nick? <laughs> well, I I saw it and I thought this would be a really interesting, a really interesting topic because I think really, you know, I mean, there's that. 
there's there's been a, in, it's certainly in recent years, the last two or three years, you know, the, the the whole kind of questioning sources, you know, the how how uh, how much can we trust people with their opinions on stuff, you know, YouTube influencers and all of this stuff, you know, you get people with lots and lots of reach and yet you know may not be as uh, as diligent as one would hope, uh, but nonetheless, you know, the, these the, there's a lot of smoke and mirrors that we can apply to music, and it's it, it's I just think it's really interesting some of the techniques because when you consider it like a live album replacing stuff particularly if you've got a lot of spill and a lot of feeds probably a lot easier in a in a monitorless situation where everybody's on in-ears that would make oh, sense hugely. it would probably be easier uh, i don't know do you use in-ears or have you got good old-fashioned 15 inch drivers at your feet <laughs> no really. we're all we're all on transmitters and drivers and stuff which which kind of um it's it's sort of <laughs> it can make for a very uh, soulless rehearsal experience because you kind of basically you you people <laughs> people have come in and we're kind of going like this and it is like this. Remember those those um those videos where they had like um, dancing in the streets where they just took all the music. Yeah, they take this. Moment. They take the music off. Yeah, yeah. it's basically like well, that's like a frost rehearsal basically. <laughs> so it's kind of. <laughs> um, so what no, you really need to do is make sure you. Your, your roadie has to make sure that they oil your chair and anything that might squeak and be really... <laughs> yeah, exactly right. But it's interesting. I mean, it, in terms of it, it, that sort of thing about, you know, correcting performances, I mean, there's a, this, is, this, this is another whole can of worms, you know, I mean, in, in a couple of years' time. What, what's AI going to do to all this? You know, we can profile yeah. our voices and our performances and, you know, and, and that's a whole other sort of very slightly chilling situation we're going to be in you know what can what happens if people can you know you basically just send a computer in to do to fix your album for you it'd be a bit weird well it, it's really interesting because i think i think that, that that we will rebel i mean you know if we look ahead sort of 10 or 15 years what the cycle will be because we had a very uh, perfect and gridded uh, pop and we still do to a degree, but not nowhere near as much as it was. And and, and I remember there was there's uh, there's that sort of the movement of it's like a a, a form of hip hop, which you know when I used to listen to hip hop and uh, hip hop was part of my uh, audio landscape when I was you know working in clubs and stuff. It was groovy. And now there's this whole genre of it that just sounds out of time to me. It doesn't sound groovy. It sounds like it's just wrong. And, and you know that I understand that that's probably what the kids want, and maybe what partly what they want it for is because everything has been so perfect for such a long time. They want a bit of imperfection. So if you take that and extrapolate and think, well, AI will come in and fix everything, and then everybody will just want to go to punk gigs where nobody can play because it'll be more refreshing and more interesting and more human, perhaps. I don't know. Maybe that's what will happen. Um, I think that's right. I think not. I think it's well. I think, I think it's that. I mean, there was a thing that um, uh, I think it was Nuno Betancourt out of Extreme was saying the other the other week, and it's, you know, it's, it's that thing of if, if he was saying, oh, you know, if, AI, if people are saying AI is going to destroy music, and he's like, um, well, not for, not for people who can play, or not for people who can, you know, who 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 can improvise, or can, you know, or it's not sort of so computer based. It's, it's kind of that interesting thing of of you know, maybe it will. Um, sort of reinforces, as you say, a sort of a cult of musician again. I don't know. I mean, it's it's an interesting, it's an interesting sort of debate. I would be really curious to see if you know, because as we can see, AI can work incredibly fast. Whether or not. AI could, you know, because we could say to AI, make me a kind of, you know, we can describe in sort of uh, 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 
um, basic terms, you know, what kind of music cue we might want. It's sort of like, well, here's a, it's a fairly horrible, but there's a sort of bed that implies, you know, sunshine on a rainy day or whatever it may be that you told it to do. What would it be like on a real-time input where it was improvising against musical input? How long before we could get to that stage? Okay, you are a saxophonist. Here's your backing track. Off you go. What and how wild, whether that's even a thing. I mean, that would be, I would find that quite interesting. I wonder if that's even a thing. And, and because if you think about it, computing power, it's not inconceivable that it could be way better than humans because it can think much faster, albeit not instinctively, and it may make a lot of wrong choices. I wonder what that would be like. Discuss. Well, I mean, if it, it could have, <laughs> I mean, if, if you, if it's got a massive, massive database of ex expressive moments uh, that have been, you know, from cherished performances and it can go, well, at this particular musical junction, there's a, like a, the, the drumming energy, just as you're coming into a chorus, the drummer's picking up the energy and the soloist is going to try to lead up into, and then there's going to be like a, you know, a shift into the chorus. There's a, so then there's an enormous database of all of the, of that exact moment from classic records. Then mm, it can I probably find the right contour and the right kind of motion to, make that you know really thrilling and you know expressive i don't you know uh, I don't, um, yeah i wonder i wonder whether that's even because if, if, if you had it on a feedback loop so that effectively you know what you played in it responded to you and then the music was actually played by other humans or maybe other ii's but if you think you know think yeah. about it how different is it from back in the day when you used to take uh, a very processed kick feed and send that to somehow clock the rest of the playback. So, you know, there, there were times where you would be able to have, so Ableton would maybe time stretch and and play around the variable tempo of a drummer. So if it's a, maybe if you've got a four to the four, something that's, that's a, a, a rhythm that is uh, readable and then the tempo can be mapped. I mean, that's, that's not AI, that's just machinery doing its thing, um, but, I, I, yeah, I, I know, it's, I think it's fascinating. I don't know, I, I, I mean, you know, you're a, a great musician as well. I mean, do you think that there's ever, that's ever likely to be a thing or does it, uh, am I uh, um, pie in the sky? Well, I think now we've got the M3 chip, anything's possible. <laughs> <laughs> there we go. Yeah. Um, I don't know. The AI it's, cores it's as well, of, yeah. Yes, exactly. It's, I mean, we, it's me. I mean, the other thing about it is music has evolved, hasn't it? It's always evolved. It's always been different. It's, it's people that, you know, wrote music and composed music couldn't conceive of what it would be like in 50 years time. And, and, you know, and we're all still musicians and we're still composing. So maybe this is just another part of the evolution of music and maybe we shouldn't worry too much. I don't know. It's, it's, mm. it's, yeah. It, who knows? <clears throat> it's interesting though as well because we uh, we you know we're not the kids we're um people who've been involved in the industry for a number of years so we would probably if you know if sampling had been introduced when when we were at the same stage as we are in our career now or cassette taping all the things that everybody freaked out about like home taping <laughs> is killing music and you know would yeah. we be worried in the same way that we might be worried about ai or are we you know we, we, i think that's just the nature of human the human condition we would bound to fear the thing that we're not quite sure what it's going to do to 
the thing that we do every day. I don't know. I, I, I mean, we could talk about this for an epic amount of time, and I probably yeah. was a bit of foolish introducing it at this late stage <laughs> in the show. But um, I think I, I, I just think yeah, there's more stuff. I, I, I'm, I'm just wondering if there's anything else to cover. I think we're pretty much there. There was something that I was going to talk about streaming, but I think I'm going to save that because uh, I've, I've, I've put in a request from it for, for an interview with the person who brought this topic up, and I think that might be a really fascinating uh, uh, show. But just to describe, I had a topic that's essentially the notion that uh, the the canon of music in a streaming library is so big, you know, we're talking petabytes, you know, 20, 30 petabytes, and it costs about $30 a terabyte to store that data a month on, say, Amazon S3. Obviously, there will be discount for larger amounts. So the, just the amount of money it costs to store all of the music for us to stream is so insanely high now that we're getting into a situation where it all has to be solved. I, I will leave that there. I don't think I want to comment on it, but that's that's what that's what the topic was going to be about. Maybe if the guy comes back to me and says, I don't want to be on camera, then we'll introduce it next week. But maybe that for everybody's homework, we can think about that for next time. So, um, Jem, thank you so much for joining us. I can see it's got dark where you are. I hope that I hope uh, it's uh, I hope it's not spooky. And uh, did you get many trick or treaters or are you down a drive and you've got hounds and things? <laughs> no, I've got. Well, I actually, this was the classic thing. I was the year before last. I didn't. I didn't buy any sweets, and it was. And then what do you do? You look like the world's grumpy. You look like Joe Mangle out of Neighbours, don't you? If you do that. So and then so this year I went down. I got I got loads and loads of sweets. Got all the big bowls of sweets. Nothing. Oh, well, so, it did rain heavily yesterday. Yeah. Well, there is that. Yeah, there is that. So I'm going to tonight at my dinner. I'm going to work my way through forty bags of Haribo. Basically, that's my dinner. <laughs> <laughs> well, funnily enough, uh, that that's what happened in our house, uh, and I, I'll probably what I'll be having for tea tonight because they didn't eat them all, even though it was the third bucket of sweets I, because I, they were bought Haribo. well in advance. Haribo is lovely fried, really lovely oh. fried. It's like yeah, you put a bit of, put a bit of olive oil in there, get it nice, and you can and it all congeals. It's lovely. Are you? You're. Yeah, I don't believe you. <laughs> Try it, try it, see. In an air fryer. I think if you fried Haribo, it would probably combust in a sort of, there must be some sort of petrochemical content in there somewhere. It's probably going to explode. Only, only I think we might have a title. Hold on, I've just got to make a note of this. The, expl the har fried Haribo, I think, might have to be the uh, the, the show title. I'm just going to make a note. Yeah, yeah. 777, the number of fried Haribo. <laughs> From AI to fried Haribo in about two minutes. I'm only here. I love it. <laughs> I, d I tell you what I How saw though on on, uh, on X, formerly Twitter. I got so irritating in it, but um, yeah. apparently there's been lots of because uh, people have all got like these um, video doorbells now. They've been putting out like you know big big tubs like I think in, in America big tubs of sweets, and they've been catching like like parents come in and just taking all the sweets, <laughs> just taking all the sweets, like quick loaded all the sweets, all the sweets. <laughs> He's just, wow. he's just like, oh, it's, it's desperate, isn't it? Uh, funny story, actually. And I think non-Eric, uh, non-Eric, um, when he was a child, uh, the family home was uh, on the border of the estate of the Haribo family. 
And so mm. every Christmas they would go down to the sort of the gateway, uh, you know, where where the peasants were were sort of would doff their caps to the Haribo, Mr. Haribo or Lord Von Haribo or whatever he was. And they would be given all of these uh, Haribo sweets at Christmas. And they had there were reindeer. I think he said there were reindeer around the place because, you know, Haribo was so wealthy. So that, that I don't know where that came from, but I just thought I'd, as it was a Haribo based fact, I thought I'd throw it in. Right. I think it's probably Jem. Uh, what's what's next for you? We'll say our goodbyes before we get down um, a rabbit hole or a, har- a Haribo hole. A Haribo <laughs> hole. Um, I, I'm actually I'm, I'm fifth 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 Frost album. I'm starting it today. I've got three months, so from now to the end of January. <laughs> that's literally it. This is I've, I've set it all up. I've got the songs written. I'm going to just through into through Christmas produce the album, get out the other side, and yeah, that's me done for the next quarter of a year. That's that's what I'm doing. Wow. Nice. Well, that sounds like a, a momentous day. Uh, what do you start with? The click track, hi hats, bass line. <laughs> uh, well, it's it's normally um, kind of yeah. It, it's it's normally trying to un, un, unpick the appalling demos I've made and, and uh, actually make rearrange them. Yeah, yeah, right. yeah. So, so re- rearrangement. Okay. Nice. Uh, and uh, Mr. Gaz Williams, are you streaming tonight or are you? Yeah, I, are you... Yeah, I'm going to stream. I've just decided. I was wondering. I was sat here thinking. <laughs> you could Spontaneous. Uh, yeah, yeah. Because, uh, I mean, I was going to try and do this thing earlier on the show here, but um, we've got this to look at, which is the Cosmos. Oh, yeah. That was the thing that we saw. I reckon we sold about 10 of those during that show. <laughs> well, yeah, to, to me, one of them. Uh, um, but it's a really, I mean, look, it's really, it's a lot small. It's a lot smaller than I was yeah, expecting. It's it is, tiny, isn't it? Really? Um, yeah. That's the Pigtronics. What's it called? Pigtronics? Pigtronics Cosmosis. It's essentially Cosmosis, a reverb pedal, right. but it does have this really nice morph facility. And so we, we'll have a little look at that amongst some other things as well. I've also, yes, where is it? No, it's downstairs. Something else we're going to look at tonight is the Yamaha FGPD 50. That's the Ooh, drum Oh, you've got pad. that. The, the, the drum it. pads. Yeah. Oh, nice. yeah. So we're going to have a look at that um, as well. Uh, and that thing is actually, it's brilliant. But do you know what, though? There is something missing from it. I haven't found any way to do it. There's no way to MIDI sync it. It's got MIDI, so you can, and MIDI uh, over USB, only MIDI over USB, sadly, but because uh, it's got like beat repeats and various things like that, but it doesn't appear. Oh, there's to no be clock input. Beat. There's no clock. No clock input. Oh. I've tried. I oh, can't dear. find any. That's way a bit of a bloody oversight. <laughs> yeah, I'm wondering, though, because it's designed to be like a p- real time playing thing, whether they just were just trying, you know, sometimes Japanese marketing is like, no, this is what it's for. You know, this is what yeah, it's for. I know it's what you're saying. Uh, but but I'm sure that's something that they will uh, address in a firmware update. Um, or it may, in fact, do it, and I've just been a bit of a numpty and haven't figured out how. But uh, anyway, we're going to have a look at that tonight and the Cosmosis. So please join me 8 p.m. on the Gas Williams Show on YouTube. Thank you. Excellent. Well, nice one. That's uh, a very slick ending to uh, a possibly, well, technically not too challenged show. I think I got most of it right. Didn't get any wrong videos, I don't think so. I'm, I'm feeling, I'm feeling the the, the call hey. of the, uh, the the stream deck is 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 waning. I'm afraid, uh, Die Stanton. It's, I'm not sure if I'm going to need it. I think I'll be all right. I use the stream deck for other things, but this isn't mm. one of them. Anyway, that's it for this time. We'll be back next week. Uh, thank you very much for watching. We'll see you all on another show. Take care now. Bye-bye. Thanks.